Hello, guys. Welcome back to our podcast. You didn't go, hey, guys. Oh, shoot. No, okay. don't stop it. Okay. Hey, guys. This is John. And this is Maggie. And welcome back to Car Talks episode. Season two episode. What is it, John? Five. Five. Are you sure about that? Yes. Okay, so today we have a very special guest. <laughs> we have my dad in the house, Mr. otherwise known as... Mr. Pettingill. Mr. Pettingill, Tim, Dr. Tim. Did you go by Dr. Tim or Dr. Pettingill? Depends upon who I'm talking to, but you guys can call me Dr. Tim. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. Um, so we have him and today, and we are just... We're going to have like um, kind of like two separate segments of... More like life questions, and then we're gonna really deep dive deep into like medical questions, stuff like that. So first, you guys know we always start off with recommendation of the week. So you start first. I was gonna say we're gonna let our special guest go. Sorry, Dr. Tim, if you have a recommendation. (laughs) Okay, I do. Now, remember, I'm a doctor. You can trust me. So here's my recommendation for the week. In Tulsa, there is a convenience store. And they serve hot food. Okay. Is this cute? now? So we we know we don't mention okay. the actual names. This is not a commercial. This is serious. Now, they have jalapeno cheddar sausages and cheddar sausages. Two for like two fifty. Now, wow. but get okay. But listen though. Right next to it are the all beef hot dogs. They don't say all pork sausages. What is in those sausages? It doesn't say. However, remember this, jalapeno cheddar and then the cheddar sausage, they are actually really good. Now, I prefer mine naked. Now, by that I mean no bun. Okay. Okay. No mustard, no relish. Now, hey, perhaps you're out there listening and you're wondering, if you you want to get a bun, get a bun. Okay. Now, they're really good. Now, a little bit of indigestion afterwards, but... But you know what that means? You taste it twice. So, no big deal. Ew, <laughs> okay, oh now. Gosh. Okay. Anyways, you can always wash it down with an ice cold Coca-Cola or like me, a Mountain Dew in the 20-ounce bottle. Wow. So, that's my recommendation is to get the cheddar sausage and the jalapeno cheddar sausage, which technically does not say all pork, so I'm not too sure <laughs> if it's filler food like soybean or organ meat or what. But I'm going to tell you, it's good. Okay. Naked. Okay. Also, you have, you have to tell our guests where they can get this from. Well, but they're not. Are they sponsoring this show? No, but, but like. But I how, just. But I just said I can't verify. They're all poor. You, you. But you have to because because otherwise we don't know where to go to get your recommendation. Well, okay, are we talking to people nationally or internationally right now? Both. Both. But well, you just if you're in the state of Kansas, Missouri, Texas, Oklahoma, it, yeah. there is a store where you can go and get gasoline, and they have food in there, and that's probably as close as I can tell you. That, that's enough. Okay. That's enough. Now, now, those of you listening from Canada, I don't know. Or do we have people listening from um, Brazil we or have Madagascar? Send, <laughs> we have um, people send us emails from Germany. We have Germany, cool. Philippines. Cool. Australia. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yes. All right. Anyways, that's my recommendation for the week. That's great. Okay, yeah. Maggie, your turn. Okay, so I'm gonna, I have three. Ooh. I'm going to first start off by giving two movie recommendations. Okay. I feel like the movie theater goes in ways of having, like, good movies out and then, like, nothing you care to see for months. Yeah. But I feel like it's been hitting the spot lately. I know what two movies you're going to (laughs) suggest. Yes. Okay, so the first one I want to suggest is um, 
Marry Me. I really liked it. It's with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. And I'll give you the, like, very, very basic premise. It's about this girl who's, like, a famous pop star. And she practically... Well, actually, how do I say this without getting into it? And, like, sharing the whole plot. Was she a hooker? No. Basically, she... This is family friendly. Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine to say that. Um, Basically, it's like she's... (laughs) She's a famous pop star who is about to marry someone, but then it's someone cheated on her. Yeah, and so, so she spontaneously married someone, someone from the, from the audience. Yes. yes. That's like the basic That's it, because that was a trailer. Yes. So this isn't the Richard Gere movie with that uh, Julia Roberts? You saw Marry Me. Oh, I with did. With J-Lo. I, oh, oh, that's right. I, it was a good movie. I yes, agree. Yes, yes. Great soundtrack. I love J-Lo. I really do. Although I will say, I'm not, I wasn't like crazy about Owen Wilson, but it's fine. He was sweet. Okay. The other one I have is I loved um, Death on the Nile. Ooh. I loved it. I love... Okay, it's like a... Um, <laughs> it's like a like murder mystery type of thing. The way I like to describe it is it's like Knives Out, but not funny. You know what I mean? Because hmm. it has the detective. That's like the same... Now, how did you figure that it was like a murder mystery when the title is Death on the Nile? Okay, that's not funny. But it's really pretty. Like, all the, like, filming and all the way they, like, did that, it's very pretty. The official medical term is, I concur. Okay. Uh, Anyway, and I love (laughs) the guy who plays in it. What's his name? Army Hammer. Yes. Okay, someone told me that he eats children. (laughs) Did you know that? Well, I don't think that's true. No, you look it up. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that, let me tell you, that really put a a downer my stat. That deviates from the topic. I know, but I really love him. And then when I found that out, anyway. I don't think it's true. No, he's a cannibalist. I don't think it's true. Okay, well, you should look it up. Now I'm going to have to have a disclaimer at the end of this program that I don't necessarily agree with everything that's been said. What do you mean? You can't start uh, accusing somebody of cannibalism. There is an article about him. Look, look. What's his name? Army Hammer. Okay, look. From Rebecca? Yes, I know. Okay, while she's doing no, wait, that. No, look. A BuzzFeed article. No, no, it was on Vogue. Rolling Stone. We're all missing the point scandal. of the Army Hammer cannibalism scandal. Okay. He's amidst controversy. Scandal. Cannibals and abuse scandal. Oh, okay. So we have no proof yet. Okay, I know, but it, anyway, what I'm trying to say is I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's the thing that came out that I didn't know about, which is heartbreaking because I love him. Anyway, um... Yeah, so I'm trying to get John to see Death on. You still haven't seen it. You're watching really it this good. weekend. Yeah. No. Yeah, we agreed this Saturday. What? We never agreed that. Yeah, we did. I said marry me last week, and then we. Okay, next you week. said this week, but that's fine. We can do Saturday anyway. Okay, John, you can go. Okay, so my is a show. Mine is a show, and it's called Sweet Magnolias. Oh yeah. Maggie and I are into it. How did I forget that? So it's a very like wholesome um, Netflix series. Um, not a lot of cussing. Actually, little to no. Okay, all right. Um, nothing too provocative. Oh, um, well. It's just like a nice hometown feel. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're in a small, small town. town. They're in South Carolina. Yeah. Aww. Good Christian values. Well, well they're they not implement, Christians. No, they implement like good Christian yes, Southern good values. Morals. Yes. Yeah, I got a question for you, but, and then John can finish, but is this considered a good Christian value radio podcast here? It's a family friendly, we call it. Okay, yeah, because somebody already brought up the term hooker. You brought up scandal and cannibalism. <laughs> well, I know, but we don't cuss is what I mean. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, John. Go okay. ahead, John. Or say anything provocative. Yes. Ooh. 
Anyway, no, that's all I was about to say. Like, okay. just not to give it all away. It's like a good. Yeah, it's, it's very a good. good. It's a comfort show. Series. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So now we're gonna get into the questions. Mm. So, so our first segment is like um, non-medical. So not work. More so about like your life. Pers- well, yeah, kind of. Okay. So. By the way, with these questions, you can go as deep as you want, as shallow as you want. It doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. So the first one is, how have you changed since your 20s, beliefs, things you find important, etc.? Well, in terms of my beliefs, nothing has changed since my 20s. I still believe the same things, morals and so forth. Um, I would say as the years go by, um, materialistic things are less important um, you know, as long as you're content where you are and your needs are met, um, what's the point in, you know, always trying to achieve more and more wealth or whatever it may be. You got to learn to be content right where you are. So I've kind of learned that over the years. Now, obviously as a physician, I financially do just fine, but you have to learn that, um, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that you have to learn to be content right where you are. Now, um, but okay, I have a, I have a question to oh, interrupt yes. that. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's possible for everyone, or, or do you think that you are saying that with, I don't want to use the word privilege, but it's sort of like you are comfortable because of where you are right now because of your job? Well, I can tell you right now, my upbringing by no means was privileged, period. So, um, I mean, we did not have a lot of money growing up. Things but were I'm saying that, okay, if, if you were the way that you were in your childhood, even till now, do you think you would still be able to be content? Yes, uh, because I think content doesn't lie in your occupation, your title. Contentment lies in loving yourself, uh, not relying on somebody else to fulfill you. You have to like yourself first. And even though I said the word hooker before, that was just uh, having to do with that show Pretty in Pink or whatever it was with uh, Julia Roberts. Pretty, Pretty woman, that's it. Okay. He's close. But anyways, but as, as a Christian, that's easily my contentment is right there. That hasn't changed mm-hmm. in decades. So. Well. so, yeah, the point's not what car do I drive or what clothes do I have. It's those things will never please you. So, so Even uh, though he just bought a Tesla. Okay. Well, I mean, so. Um. But. So you would say the biggest thing that has changed is contentment. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a really big drive uh, when you get out of high school to um, employment, career, your goals, uh, set goals early and meet those goals. And so I've met those goals. Mm -hmm. But you Mm -hmm. learn over time that a title doesn't make you who you are. Mm -hmm. Your home doesn't make you who you are. You are that same person back when you were 20. You just have to learn to love yourself, like yourself, and be content right where you are. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're always seeking somebody else's approval or so forth, then you're like the waves of the ocean. You're up and down, and you're an unhappy person. And eventually, you, you don't like yourself because you're relying on somebody else to on Twitter to like you or on mm-hmm. Facebook to like you. Well, I don't even do social media. <laughs> I don't need other people to like me. But because why? Because I don't depend upon somebody else to make me happy how do you feel like you get to the point of contentment or what would you say to people who are like wanting to work on being content oh i think easily uh and once again this is a uh family friendly show so once again there's no question being a christian that's it's easily Mm -hmm. it right Mm -hmm. there because you know christianity is not um me first me first Mm -hmm. um you know christianity is about reaching out to other people helping other people and putting yourself Second, and mm-hmm. so that's the whole premise of my life, and 
-hmm. That's where I come from. That's why even to this day, you know, I may have some patients who can't pay. They don't have insurance. I still see them. I don't bill them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's just strictly because other people do need help. And as a Christian, Mm -hmm. we should do that. Now, we're not going to get taken advantage of. We're not going to have people trample over us, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have personal worth. All of us do. We should all respect each other. Mm -hmm. But if somebody else needs help, we reach out to them. And so your personal contentment ultimately comes from God and a relationship with God. So I think that's where it begins. And through that, you learn that, hey, be content where where you are. Love yourself as you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, God made only one of you. Now, for those of you listening, especially if you happen to be international, here's some nice facts for you. Do you know that only you have the retina that you have of the eye? Only you have the tongue papilla that you have? Only you have the fingerprint that you have? I mean, you are unique. Your DNA will forever be unique. And so there will only be one of you. May I ask why this is directed to international people? You know, I like to include everybody, Maggie. You know, I don't want to... Right, but you said you said especially international people. Why? Well, because like international, it's like different cultures, different beliefs, oh, okay. different faiths, different well, values also. And also because I think this podcast is going to hit big. I mean, this could go worldwide. <laughs> well, Nilsson's for a long time was our top podcast listener. You no. might. Yeah. But you might beat him. You might beat him. You might beat your own son. Well, that, hey, that's what I was about to say. Did you guys know that I'm his father? Yeah, Nilsson. Yes. Okay. If people didn't see the description with Pettingill on it. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. We're going to move on. All right. Wait, John, do you have one that you've thought of maybe? In the oh, side? I actually have thought of something okay. fun. So, Mr. Pettingill. Yes, John. Um, this is kind of a fun question. May I call you John? You may. Okay, John. Um, what legacy would you say you have left in high school? John, that's a fun question. Okay, now. That's a serious now, question. I find it fun. Okay. I'm, I'm going to I'm tell you the way it was. Okay, so in high school, I was a friend to everybody. Okay. I did not hang around with any particular clique. Now, in high school, did I hang around with the preppy kids wearing the polo and the Izod's? No. Because why? I didn't own them, and I didn't have that kind of money. Okay? And and I don't need materialism to impress somebody else. So I didn't hang around with the preppy kids. Were they my friends? Sure they were. Hey, Mm -hmm. kids who were in the smoking group in school. Hey, we did have that in high school. They could go to the smoking area. They would go between class, of course, and during, you know, recess or during lunch. But technically, smoking is bad for you, so I don't agree. Wait, you were allowed to smoke in high school? There was a smoking section in the high school. Wow. Yeah, back then, that's interesting. But, or if you were an athlete, I I was anybody's friend. Now, my senior year of high school, Mm -hmm. I was voted friendliest in my senior yes, class I because wow. I was pretty much anybody's friend. Now, as a good athlete, for those of you who don't know, I was a two-time All-State soccer player. Wait, I then I became a converted field goal kicker yeah. and was All-District. I then walked on to college football, but I wasn't good enough. I weighed 135 pounds, was 5 feet 10, oh my but God. I had to study. Yeah, Aww. but I had to study, and I had to work all four years of college, How too. How are you that thin at 5'10"? Oh, and I had a Pell Grant, by the way, because, oh, what now? Oh, by the way, I didn't even get a college scholarship because I better not discuss this. Yeah, you need yeah. to be like you're, you say, you're saying this to the public. Yeah, but what you say? You're saying this to the public. That's why you I can know. make it as shallow as you want. Yeah. Okay. Um, why were you so thin at such a tall height? Well, you know, if you only eat lunch half the time or a third of the time, and then you're playing a high school sport, and at you know two o'clock to five o'clock, you're That's burning fair. all those calories. You just you know, or if you just don't, you just don't have the means to. Uh-huh. So did you, you know, have like two and two and a half hour practices every day? 
Oh, yeah. I, oh, hey, by the way, I was also on the high school tennis team. I was a four-year letterman, by the way. And I was top 10 in my high school class in terms of GPA. Oh, goodness. Now, but I was also president of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Wow. So, Wait, is that a real thing? Oh, of course school. it is. Yeah. Of course. What do you do? So anyways, we were very tight financially growing mm-hmm. up. And yeah. that's why I'm 5'10", 135 pounds. You can right. see my ribs. And, uh, you know, it's just that's just the way it is. And that's, that's what really kind of drives yeah. you as to school career but it also taught me to be frugal these days i'm a very frugal Mm -hmm. person but i believe in buying something that's quality if you need it you like it and you're going to take good care of it Mm -hmm. that's good okay um okay what quality do you like the most about yourself Hmm. i don't know that almost sounds like a little ego there it's not you just talked about having self-love like five times i guess i would have to say for the (laughs) most part i'm a very calm person I don't get angry too much, although there's a game on the phone called yeah. Clash Royale, <laughs> and sometimes I throw my phone. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say I'm kind of more of a mediocre, laid-back personality. That's what I would say, probably. Okay. I have really clean feet, too. Okay, what do you... <laughs> um, I would like to differ. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, can I be honest? Do we need to, do we need to pause the show right here? <laughs> no, it's just your sometimes your nails you don't clip them. Well, okay, I'll give you that. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay. But that doesn't that doesn't change that's, the fact he doesn't have clean feet. That's part of your feet. But would would that would that be a criteria of clean feet? Well, I guess I would just consider it um, like self maintenance. There we go. Okay. I wouldn't say. Here, here's a question for you: How many pairs of feet do you have? One. Okay, good answer. How many fingers do you have? Ten. Wrong. No, ten. Are you looking at your hands right now and counting? <laughs> yes, ten fingers. You have four fingers on each hand and a digit. The thumb is a digit. It's not a finger. Really? Because the thumb we can oppose, meaning reach across our palm with. The thumb oh. is the most common site of arthritis in the entire upper limb because the thumb has such great range of motion. Goodness. Wow, okay, now another fun fact okay. from a doctor. Okay. Um, That's why people are so good at hitchhiking. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, what do you believe is the most important advice you can give someone? Advice? Hmm. I think the most important thing would be to love yourself and accept yourself <coughs> the way you are. Mm-hmm. I think he already said it mm-hmm. Yeah. before. I mean, there's no cre- question that being a Christian is everything I am. There's no question about that. And um, so, and I think that just falls right in line with you put other people first mm-hmm. and you realize where your contentment comes from. Love it. John, you have anything to add? Ooh, I have something fun. Okay, this is another high school question. Were you like, ugh, don't take this wrong, like, were you a ladies' man okay. in high school? Like, did you have, like, a lot of secret crushes? Like, were you, like, the talk of the town? Okay, so, I'm put it to you this way, okay? I did go on various dates, and I ended up going to, like, four proms or whatever it was. Four but, proms? Yes. But, no, I never had a serious uh, girlfriend. Grades were okay. really important. I love sports. Mm-hmm. Plus, personally, would I tell you to get into a serious relationship in high school? Absolutely not. You're too young. Enjoy the age mm-hmm. that you're at. Amen. Anyway, I just wanted to know if you, like, there was a lot of girls, like, crushing on you. 
Well, I mean, I heard stories, yeah, sure, but you know, I didn't have a car, I didn't have money. How was I going to afford anything to take a girl out for a date? I couldn't. So. But I mean, the fact that there were people interested, like girls oh, yeah. interested. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, Maggie. Mm-hmm. Also, I think another thing I'd like to add is <laughs> a lot of times guys don't know if girls actually like them because that, they don't, they don't say. Yeah. True. Because like true. that's what happened with Nilsson. <laughs> like, oh. like, be careful me, what you're about to say. No, I know. What I'm saying me and Haley both know of many girls that like liked him, but Nilsson never knew about it. Yeah. Because girls don't necessarily like go up to a guy straight away and are like, "I like you." You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I wanted to ask him that question if he ever knew that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sometimes it can be really hard to tell if the opposite sex is attractive to you or not. It can be really hard to tell. True. Okay. Last serious question. Well, non-medical question. Non-medical, yeah. Do you believe it's okay to have regrets or do you believe everything happens for a reason? Now, say that again. What was the first part? Do you believe it's okay to have regrets or do you believe everything happens for a reason? Um, You definitely can have regrets because regrets is how you learn. Uh-huh. And you mature, you improve, and you, in the future, correct what would have been a regret. Right, but regret is like you would go back and change it almost. You regret it, you know? Yeah, but of course you can't go back in time. So the only thing you can do is to learn from that mistake and go on. Why do you have something to defer I think it's that? hard because I think in my mind, I think of like regret as like, oh, I would go back and like change something. Not the same mindset of like, oh, well, I, I wish I wouldn't have done this, but everything happens for a reason. So you live and you learn and you move on. Well, if you say that everything happens for a reason, then you also have to say there's cause and effect. So cause and effect means if I made a mistake and I robbed a store, I go to jail. Mm-hmm. Then the cause and effect is I made a poor judgment, a poor decision, and now I must pay the consequences of that. So if you say everything happens for a reason, then you have to say there's also cause and effect. But we're supposed to learn from our mistakes, our regrets. And we're also supposed to think ahead. You're supposed to have insight and wisdom and be able to think ahead before you act on something or you say something. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, should I really have said something about the hooker earlier and Julia Roberts? Maybe not, because this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not editing it out. So, because you've, now you've said the word hooker like four times, and we can't Now, what was that Julia Roberts movie again? Pretty, Pretty in Pink? Oh, Pretty Woman. <laughs> it's yeah. a very okay. good movie. It's a good movie. Okay. Also, so, my sh- best friend's wedding. Okay. Awesome. Anyway, so we're going to jump on, transition medical. to the medical questions. Okay, so these are medical questions, Ms. Bango. Uh, wait, okay. tell me what this is. Ready? Beep, 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 beep. Well, unfortunately, you just flatlined and you're no longer with us. <laughs> did you? Did or. You <laughs> no, I just thought of it. Okay. Or your food is ready in the microwave. That's true. <laughs> okay, you want me to start? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Mr. Penningell, let's start off with this question. When did you realize you wanted to go to medical school? Okay, John, I'm going to tell you the truth. Let me tell you the way it is, John. For years, I thought I would be a Christian pastor. All the way what? through junior oh, high. Oh, yes, I knew all that. All the way through junior high. Did you know that he was a youth Could pastor? Could you let him? But did you know he was a youth yeah, pastor? Yeah, okay. Can you let him tell the story? Okay, so, okay. Anyways, I got into high school, and I thought, yeah, I still really felt the calling to be a Christian pastor. But then I thought, you know, I think I'll be a psychologist. I'll do counseling. So I thought I could do that. Now, remember, through my upbringing... It was important to me not to be wealthy, but it was important to me to be able to pay monthly bills. Mm-hmm. True. So I wanted to be able to have an income that I could still meet my monthly bills, not necessarily have access, excess in money, but you know, you could drive a car that would start every time, <laughs> yes. that would be dependable. If you needed gas, you could fill up with gas. Okay, yeah. simple things like, you know, do I want to eat out once a week? Okay, mm-hmm. so I knew I had to have a job that was going to make a decent amount of money. So my goal was as a career, as an adult, was to make $50,000 a year. 
Okay, now you yeah, have to realize I graduated high school in 1986. Now, for those of you out there, especially international, I know you probably think I'm like <laughs> 35 years old, but I'm really older than that. Okay, now. So, well, thankfully, because that means you would have had me when you were... Really young, basically. Like 16. Yeah, 14. Okay, so... 14. Now, so <laughs> You're stupid. when I go to college, I take a psychology class, and the teacher is up on his desk mimicking... The mating call of monkeys. Okay, I thought that was really, really weird. That is weird. But anyways, I say to myself, you know what? If I make $50,000 a year, I'm going to have to get my PhD and become yeah. a PhD That's, psychologist. Yes. But then I said, well, why be a PhD and spend eight years when I can go to medical school and be a psychiatrist? Yeah. Okay, so... I can still remember to this day my freshman year at what used to be called Northeast Louisiana University, now called University of Louisiana at Monroe. Anyways. Oh, wow. So it was a very good pharmacy nursing school, and I assume it still is now. Okay, so I can still remember my freshman year walking through campus, thinking to myself, if I switch to pre-med, if you do not get into medical school... You can do nothing with a pre-med degree. It is useless. Why? Because you're part physics, you're part yep. chemistry, so forth. Yes. What am I going to do with that? That's I can't. True. So I can still remember to this day walking through the campus of NLU, and I was praying. I said, Lord, if it's not your will, may I fail immediately. Physics, biochemistry, organic chemistry. Because I don't want to become a senior and can't get into medical mm -hmm. school. Yep. Yeah. And I just spent four years. But anyways, um, but I said, hey, may I succeed and, and do well? So here I am, the first two years, a walk-on for the college football team, team as a field goal kicker. Because for those of you who've been paying attention, I was a two-time All-State soccer player. Anyways, so, uh, <laughs> and I worked all four years of college. I, was, no, I went from a doorman to assistant manager to the head projectionist, by the way, in four oh, years. Oh. Yes, and I went from 3.50 an hour up to 5.25 an hour. Well, at Captain D.C. Food, as a 15-year-old, I made three twenty-five an hour at oh fast food. Okay, so anyways, by the time I get to my senior year, I graduate magna cum laude. I get accepted into medical school early, and I had wow. a really high MCAT score. That's good. Now, think about it. I don't necessarily consider myself high IQ, well, but, I'm but I'm disciplined. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like cellular physiology, my senior year, I counted how many hours I studied per test. 30 hours. No. No. For one test. No. Yeah. I would, I think I've only studied 30 hours combined for all my tests. Ziggy. <laughs> this is cellular. No. That's terrible. Yeah. Now, I remember Dr. Norris, a PhD, he was the um, uh, sponsor for the pre-med program in college, and he told us that for... Every 10 students as a freshman who start out at pre-med, only one will graduate yeah, pre-med. Then, for every four students who actually graduate pre-med, only one gets into medical school. Yeah. So in other words, for every 40 students entering freshman as a pre-med, one gets into medical yeah, school. That's crazy. that's crazy. So you got kids out there, and I say kids because they're you know 18 or 19, and unless you're mature enough and you're really focused on your... Uh, goals in life, you know, that's where people make the mistake of the wrong degree. What kind of a job can I get? What if I wasn't serious about college because I played around too much? So, you know, sometimes college isn't for everybody or somebody should sit out a year. But, uh, you know, colleges need to give better guidance and guidance counselors and better direction. Your parents I have to give better direction. I highly agree with that. 
Yeah. You know? I also think it's hard because it's like, it's like, I think it's, it's, I think it, it, in a lot of ways it's easy for people to have interest. <coughs> so like, it's like, I don't doubt that people have a highly interested medical school, but it's like, just because you have an interest doesn't mean that you're going to be able to make it or you should necessarily go. You know what I mean? People because don't. Because it's like, it's like. Once you get in, into it and then you get in those really hard classes, it's like, can you really handle 12 years of medical school? Well, students or people don't always look ahead as to what the requirement is. Mm-hmm. Um, are you really as serious as you thought you would? Mm-hmm. And some people don't think long term. So I was thinking when I, as a freshman in college, switched my major, I was thinking not just four years down the road, but then residency, you know, another mm-hmm. four years down the road. I was looking at, I was already setting goals for what would happen when I was the age of 45. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people don't always look that far ahead. And that's why mm-hmm. sometimes maybe it's better to not go straight to college. Maybe it's better to go to tech school. Maybe you need to have good guidance from somebody else, good um, uh, opinion, somebody who can guide and lead you and make a correct decision. Yeah. Well, because no, it sounds good. like when you, when you, really start going in that direction you need to be like really sure oh that that's the direction. you have to be 100 yeah. percent committed so if you want to know where dr tim was on a saturday night or on a sunday afternoon i was at the library in college did God you bless your soul. did you like did you like studying though for the most part yes because i treated it just like i would athletics i treated it as a challenge and mm-hmm. i treated a test as a challenge and could i beat the test beat the teacher but could i beat other students yeah. So it's always a, good a challenge. Yeah. Because I'm like, I feel like, it, okay, if you like, obviously you have like extreme discipline, but I'm like, if you absolutely hated like studying and stuff, it's like, do you think you could have made it? Yeah, but you'd have to have a really high IQ. You'd have to have a photographic memory. We had one guy in medical school. We went to the same college and he had a photographic memory. He could just see a page and remember it. That's amazing. He, sometimes he fell asleep during class and he still <laughs> made good grades. Oh my goodness. What a still, now, I have to say that person I was talking about who fell asleep in class, he actually made a D in one class in medical school and had to go to summer school to make it up for it. But anyways, he's still a doctor. Remember, what do they call the first in the class and the last in the class? Doctor. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was about to be like, same. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe <laughs> okay. your turn. Now, I got something to pass on to you, though. So here I am at NLU. I'm in college. Now, remember, I switched my major halfway through my freshman year, and I'm pre-med. And I just got through telling you guys that you need to have good advice from other people, people who've mm-hmm. been there, you know, parents, a guidance counselor, whatever. Well, I didn't meet my guidance counselor till my junior year because nice. at my college, they didn't have a pre-med guidance counselor. So as a junior, I have to meet with him. I go meet with the guy as a junior, and he's a dentist. He's a, a practicing dentist. And he goes, Tim, he goes, I don't know that you're going to get into medical school. You know, he's looking at your file, your folder, whatever. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, What? This guy doesn't even know me. I'm a junior. Where were you two years ago? And then I'm thinking, if you're a dentist, what are you doing here as a guidance counselor? Aren't you supposed to be out in your clinic <laughs> practicing? Yikes. Do you not have a successful practice? Is that why you're a guidance counselor? And you're now meeting me my junior year? Yikes. So needless to say, I got into medical school early, made good grades, had a really good MCAT score. But but I, once again, God had a huge role in that. Amen. What a loser. What? <laughs> He's probably dead. Hey, now. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um... Okay, I feel like we kind of covered this. Yeah, let's do so, that one. I know this one. Okay, what is your favorite part about what you do? Hmm, I probably would say uh, finding the hard diagnosis, finding wow. the diagnosis that other doctors have missed. 
So it sounds like a challenge to me. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, asking the correct questions, uh, listening. No, what I'm saying sounds like a challenge you're wanting to achieve. Oh, correct. Yes. Yeah. But isn't correct. that such yeah. a good move? Like finding yeah. something undiagnosed that the doctors haven't even seen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a challenging patient tomorrow. Of course, we're not going to mention any names. Of course. Medical coverage. Um, but, you know, <laughs> when you have a, a ptosis or a drooping eyelid and numbness of your pinky finger, you know that's Horner's syndrome. And unfortunately, Horner's syndrome... You're thinking the lower trunk, the brachial plexus, and being a female, you're going to be thinking breast cancer. Like Great. I said, I didn't mention any names. I haven't seen the patient yet, but that was goes through my mind ahead of time for tomorrow. Oh, that's so sad. That's good you're planning out all those different um, ideas. Wow. Now this makes me anxious. I'm like, you're, really you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> okay. okay um, I wasn't knowing my question. Oh, sorry. Okay. So give me one of the most interesting facts about what you do it could be medical fact it could be like what is something that we're like oh this is cool Hmm. oh i get what you're saying yeah well i don't know if this really answers your question or not but um i think what is is cool is that you can be a smart person and have a very highly intelligent job but then your job is not everything so i still you know, do USTA tennis leagues. I still exercise five days a week. You, you can still be, you can still be an outgoing athletic person and not a book nerd. So I think you yes, want a personality right. that's somewhere in the middle, that you're not a book nerd and uh, you can't talk at other people's level because you're too smart. But then, you know, you, you can also be still that athletic person, outgoing person who likes to go out and do things. So I, I think the biggest thing is kind of having that personality in the middle somewhere where you're not just a book nerd, uh, but then you're also not a lazy bum without a job. So you're somewhere in the middle and you're kind of, you try to be that all around person who just. Well, I think there's also like obviously stereotypes for medical people. Oh, yeah. That, uh, it's kind of like the nerd, bookworm, like that kind of vibe, although, especially surgeons. Yeah. Although yeah. with social media nowadays, I think that perspective is changing. True. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people posting on social media that, like, they are doctors, but they're, mm-hmm. like, very fit. They don't just, like, stick to the Are books. we talking about Dr. Mike? Well, not just him. There are also other doctors yeah. like that. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. Okay, you go. Okay. I gotta get water. Okay. Mr. Penningo. Um, yes, John. What made you decide the specific practice you are on? Okay, so, John, that's a very good question. Okay, so my specialty is physical medicine rehabilitation or physiatry. I wanted a occupation, a specialty that was eight to five without emergencies, without after hour call, because I wanted to still be a family man, a family person and time to myself. Cause I still enjoy it. Oh athletics. wow, set that expectation. So um, I didn't have to make a big salary like an interventional radiologist or a surgeon, but I also didn't necessarily want to make the salary of a pediatrician or a primary care doctor. Yeah. So I wanted something that still had decent income, but uh, was a specialty, meaning I would focus on specific disorders but also was pretty much eight to five, and therefore I could have a family life. Wow. So you already thought ahead of time to the expectation of, like, you still want to prioritize that time for family. Yeah, and I love uh, musculoskeletal, and I really Mm -hmm. love uh, neurology from the standpoint of uh, the peripheral nervous system, nerve damage, nerve injury, neuropathy, muscle disease. So this specialty kind of threw everything in together. So, you know, if you come to see me for shoulder pain, you know, most people are going to say, ah, that's your rotator cuff. Okay. Well, somebody else is going to say, hey, you got a tumor in your upper lung and it's referring to your shoulder. Other people are going to say, 
hey, you got a uh, gallbladder problem. It's referring to your shoulder. Well, someone else is going to say it's C5 from your neck. So Goodness. you have to try to figure out, well, why does somebody have shoulder pain? Kind of like that patient tomorrow with the yes. droopy eyelid. I got to figure out, hey, exactly what's going on. What's the differential Whoa. diagnosis? So my specialty looks at musculoskeletal, but also neurological side. So what was your second pick? Let's say like that first one didn't fall through. Radiology, because once again, radiology is heavily based upon anatomy, musculoskeletal. And I'm convinced that if you know anatomy, you will easily arrive at the majority of your diagnosis if you simply just understand anatomy. Because people will come to you and they'll say, well, oh. this doctor, that doctor thinks I'm crazy. They said, well, those symptoms don't fit. And then when they tell you the symptoms, and if you really think it through, you're like, well, actually it makes sense because of blah, 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 if you just think about the anatomy. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Our listeners listening like, I don't understand. I know, but like, I'm really fascinated. I'm on it. I yeah. honestly am. Maggie, do you have one? Okay. Mine is, do your patients ever emotionally affect you? Or do you, f- slash, do you feel like any of them have created a lasting effect on you? That's a very good question, Maggie. Thank you. Now, remember, I'm a specialist, so I rarely hold on to patients long term. Mm-hmm. Okay, so most patients come to me for a diagnosis and then I refer them to the appropriate specialist like a surgeon, or I guide them through conservative care, they get better, and therefore I don't hold on to patients for months or years. Mm-hmm. Wow. So therefore, I, I don't get emotionally involved. But like, oh, okay. even, even me just thinking about the fact that, that, that your patient might have cancer, like does, that, like does that make you feel anything emotionally, or is it kind of just like... Well... You may not necessarily like my answer, but I'm going to tell you that I, I don't think you can get too emotional because then you lose being objective. Once you let emotions come into your decision making and uh, the ability to make a diagnosis, you now have clouded the picture and you got to stay as objective as you can. Oh, wow. Now, that doesn't mean I don't talk to people or, boy, <laughs> he is a boring personality. No, I right. mean, you can certainly talk to people. Yeah, and, yeah. Be very personable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you done? You, no, you can go. Okay. Mr. Penningo. John. Would you say, we already discussed something like this. I don't know if you remember, but I just want to say it again because I think it's such a good thing to bring up to discussion, especially if there are people listening that want to take the medical school route. So what would you say, would you say the route to, that the route it takes to going, to being in medical school and to get your residency and all of these things, is it fair and like, what would you suggest would have been different? Well, um, the first thing I would say is if you're contemplating a medical school in particular, not physician assistant, not nurse practitioner, but specifically MDDO, I think you're going to have to look at your high school grades. Um, are you able to um, make good grades in very difficult classes? Uh, or do you have the potential to do better than what you did in high school. So people have to be realistic that when they leave high school, hey, if you are top 10% of your class, okay, then yeah, probably you could go into pre-med. Some people had a B average, but their home life wasn't very good. They didn't study very hard and therefore they didn't meet their potential. And so maybe they do have potential in college to be serious and make really good grades. So I think people have to be realistic even in high school of, okay, what kind of occupation, what can I do? And because the medical field is extremely competitive, but it's not just simply making good grades in medical school or residency. It's taking board exams. It's being a competent physician. It's taking 
board certification test and uh, so forth. So I think that was the first part of your question. What was the yeah. whole question? Um, so like the whole question would be like the years it would take to reach your practice. Would you think that would be, is that fair? Or would you think some years would be less or would do you think some years will be more or do you think the years of reaching your residency is fair so um here in the united states they want the md the do to be well-rounded and therefore you have your eight years your four years of medical school and the average residency is going to be four years so they want you to be well-rounded because obviously a month of ob and delivering eight babies in medical (laughs) school had nothing to do with my current specialty So they want you, yes, so they want you to be um, well-rounded and very knowledgeable, but then other countries, uh, such as Sweden, uh, it's a much shorter because you'll go straight into your specialty. So I would err on the side of other countries how it's a shorter, not eight years on average, but actually shorter, maybe five or six years, and you go straight to your specialty Mm -hmm. much sooner. Yeah. Um, but also, I'll tell for those of you out there listening, especially if you're international, <laughs> I would tell you that um, becoming a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner, I think that's the future and not MDDO. It's much less um, schooling. Mm-hmm. It's very good pay. It's less liability. And, and quite honestly, the medical field needs you because they need you in the rural areas. Is the nurse practitioner a nurse? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. So would you say like... Would you think medical school should be like two years and then residency four? In your opinion, like this is... So the way my medical school did it was your first two years was didactic or class, which is books. Your second uh, set of two years was uh, rotation, like general surgeries. Like, for example, I did the burn unit for 30 days for general surgery. I scrubbed it on over 50 skin graft cases. Which are very bloody, very bloody, and very painful. Um, So, I would like to see where your first two years are the books, and then your last two years, instead of just being the twenty-four months of rotating through ER, OB, general surgery, internal medicine, whatever it may be, maybe uh, shorten that time frame and go sooner into your residency. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, think I was thirty-one years old before I finished uh, uh, my residency. Now, did I mention I was chief resident of my program? No. Wow. Yeah, I was chief resident at uh, University of Texas, <laughs> Southwestern Dallas. Whoa. I was top, I was eighth percentile nationally on my written boards. I was high pass on my oral boards. Wow. And my board certification in 2019, uh, how many doctors took it, I don't know for my specialty, but I was number one nationally on my board certification. Wow. Recertification. Nationally, not just in state. Wow. Yeah, it was national. Now, I, now I know some of you guys are international, but when I say national, I'm talking about America, United States of America. America's big, by the way, for those who are international. Yes. Wow. So, well, that's actually really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think other countries uh, actually do it better than the United States when it allows students to shorten their uh, training, uh, that's, meaning that's going, fair, yeah. going to the specialty much sooner. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, Maggie, you have your last question? Okay. I'm already done with my questions because the last que- my last question was similar to your question. Okay. Do you have a favorite memory within your practice or medical school? Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to uh, give you two memories okay. that I still think about. Maybe three. 
So I was standing outside of LSU Medical Center, a level one trauma center. And um, I was standing outside, you know, I just have my various rotations. And um, anyways, <coughs> this gentleman on the street comes up to me just in front of the uh, front of the hospital. There's a very large hospital, LSU. And he says, hey, do you have some money for food? Okay. And, you know, we're talking like this was whatever, 1992, 1993. So I'm like a you know, third-year medical student. And uh, so I thought, hey, he needs food. You know, he needs some money. So I gave him some money. And so I thought, well, I'm going to watch where he goes because McDonald's is across the street to the right. That's, yeah. So I'm standing there and I'm kind of watching this guy, walks across this, you know, six-lane road. And I'm like, okay, now McDonald's is to the right, but, oh, he went to the left. Oh, he just walked into that liquor store. So it kind of taught me a lesson that... <laughs> like, how is that um, a favorite memory? Well, because you, something. because you have to discern... Good and bad, and you also have to make wise decisions. So if he's hungry, maybe okay. I should have actually bought the food for him. Okay, mm -hmm. so another memory that sticks out in my mind is a patient who came to the uh, community care clinic, which was my intern year, which I got paid to work in after hours, $40 an hour, which was fantastic. And anyways, I have a patient who can't afford the medication. Mm-hmm. And he is like blood pressure or diabetic or something like that. So I said, you know, just wait here for a minute. So I walked all the way across LSU, all the way through the outpatient clinic, all the way out to my car because I had $20. So I gave him $20. Because what was important to me was not how much money I had or whatever. And I'm still in medical school, so by no means am I making great money. Okay. And actually, you get into debt in medical school. But anyways, he needed that money, so I gave him that money. Now, I'm going to give you another memory that sticks out in my mind, okay? I really would love to mention the patient's name, but it's very doubtful that a family member's listening. But anyways, so I'm at the VA Medical Center in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I'm on call internal medicine, so it's my intern year. Oh, wow. So, you know, sometimes you sleep three, four hours, that's it. Which, by the way, my call room was on the eighth floor. What's on the ninth floor? The lockdown psychiatric unit. Well, where's the oh, staircase? Gosh. Right by my call room. That's so the whole time I'm thinking, are one of those psych patients going to come down that stair stairwell into my call room? Anyways, I didn't sleep very well. Anyways, one night <laughs> I'm on call. And this cancer patient with brain cancer was having some issues like nausea. So it's like, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. So the nurses page me. I go down to see him. And I was talking to him, and he was extremely uh, bland, uh, very monotone in his speech, you know, no smile, nothing. Well, think about it. He's got brain cancer with a poor prognosis. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just sitting there talking to this gentleman. I can still remember him. I can still remember his name. And I just started talking to him. And, you know, the guy's in his upper 50s, early 60s. And I said, hey, I know what your diagnosis is. And I said, you know what? No matter what kind of life you've lived... God forgives anything and he forgives everything. And I said, he's in, he knows who you are, he made you, and you're important to him. And I said, regardless of what happened five years, a year ago, ten years ago, God forgives and he forgets. Yeah. You know, and repentance is extremely important. And so I just talked to him and I said, hey, through Christ, you know, it's all about what Christ did on the cross. It's not about what we did. And it's humility for us. And remember, this guy has brain cancer. Mm -hmm. It is not going to be cured. Okay, so he did not say anything. Yikes. Okay, and the VA hospital, 
It's community rooms. There's two people to a room. There's a curtain that you pull between patients. Anyways, I'm talking to him, and he starts crying. He doesn't look at you in the eye. He doesn't say a single word. I said, can I pray for you? Can I pray with Mm -hmm. you? And so he nodded yes, and so I did. And so that was pretty much it because I was on call. You know, by that time, it's 11 o'clock midnight. Well, you know, the next time I'm at the hospital doing my regular rounds, I asked the other team, the internal medicine team, I said, well, what about Mr. So-and-so? He died. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So sometimes you're that person who is the last voice they hear, or you're that last voice of encouragement, or um, people forget that they're loved. People forget that they're important. That's why I told you earlier that your retina is unique. Your tongue papilla is unique. Your fingerprint is unique. Your dental is unique. Your DNA, you are made perfectly as you are, and people forget how important they are and that there's an actual God who loves them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I impressed upon that gentleman. Now, one day I hope to see him in heaven, okay? Uh, he's, he reminded me of my grandfather. My grandfather, who died when he was 86, would not talk about religion or beliefs. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And some people are just very personal, and mm-hmm. they don't. So those are three things that really I still think of that remind me. So. Wow, oh. that's really good. Well, I guess that's all the questions we have. And that was a great way to end this segment. Now, remember, the cheddar sausage is really good. So is the jalapeno <laughs> sausage. I get them naked without the bun. I mean, they taste really good. And then I wash it down with the Mountain Dew, which technically is not a very good dietary habit. But anyways. Go get some Toms. Anything in moderation. <laughs> moderation. Anyway, thank Dr. Tim. You. Oh, uh, are oh. you doing uniform? Like, thank you. Yeah. It was okay. an amazing opportunity to interview you today, tonight. Maggie, any writing remarks? Um, thank you. We hope you had fun. Um, I hope this is the most popular episode. I hope so, too. Anyway, we'll see you guys next episode. Bye. <laughs>